So guys, I went out for a nice Valentine's Day dinner with the girlfriend last Friday. Congrats. <laughs> nice flex, bro. Uh, but, so there are a lot of restaurants in Denver, if you can believe it or not, that are really hard to get a reservation at. So the place we went- On Valentine's Day? <laughs> yeah. When you call day of? No, it's a little dicey. <laughs> Let me explain. So we even made this reservation three months in advance. Wait, you made this reservation three months in advance? Holy but crap. But the latest time we could get was 5.45. So oh, we had a wow. 5.45 dinner on Valentine's Day. Okay. But by the time 9, 10 o'clock rolled around, we were hungry again. Oh, uh, yeah, that happens. What'd you want? So you know what we did? Did you go... Hang on a second. Did you go to Bojo's? We not we did not go to Bo Bojo's. We ordered Bojo's. Oh, wow. you DoorDash. You can order Bojo's. You can order Bojo's. Is this on a, DoorDash. I can't tell if this funny is. I can't tell if this is a true. I think it's a true story. I think so. Of course, it's a true story. <laughs> of course. To convince That's incredible. Either, yeah. Right? The yeah. thing we really wanted was a Colorado Mountain Pie. You know what we should do? Do you think they would deliver to Pepsi Center? They, yeah. Would they deliver to Harrison's apartment? <laughs> That's true. Right yeah. next to it. Yeah. I love it. What did you order? Uh, meat lovers and then a veggie. <laughs> you make fun of me when I, because I like the supreme pizza, but you broke it into two pizzas. That's what a that's supreme right, is. Yeah. Did you, yeah, that's true. You just you know took what? the ingredients exactly. and dumped them all on the one pie. I don't, I don't necessarily like my meats mixing with my veggies. This on is pizza. a take. This is such a take. Do you go one slice? Do you alternate slices? Do you alternate bites at a time? No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. <laughs> What's funny is I think Harrison's true about this. Uh, well, that was a great hash read. Well, timer. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the DNBR Nuggets podcast live from Harrison's home. Is it live? Well, no, not live. Well, it's live as we record this. <laughs> Yeah, what do you guys think of the place? It's beautiful, it's nice. man. It's really nice. It's actually exactly what I pictured. A lot of kitchen space. Yeah. The kitchen is like half of the entire apartment. Well, that's... <laughs> I know you're into cooking, Harrison. That's big. You got the flowers. The, I, I can tell you're a great boyfriend. Nice work. I love you. Who got those flowers for who? <laughs> I'm not going to even answer that. I'm going to pretend I didn't even hear that one. I'm joined, of course, as always, by Brendan Vogt. Hello. <laughs> and Harrison Wynn. <laughs> Feeling good, man. Fresh off of All-Star break. Yeah. Everybody's ready, refreshed. Ready to get back into it. Ready for the stretch run. You're in a good mood, but you know who else was in a good mood? Michael Malone. Michael Malone was in an A-plus mood today. Mm. He must have had a great break. Got some, some skiing in, he said, uh, right? Some downhill skiing. So he dropped another all-timer today, as he is known to do. Oh, man, did I already ruin it? I already lose what it was called. He, uh, You know Malone, he's dropped Keystone Cops. He dro he dropped some some crazy ones from time to time. Shoot, Shoot out, out at the, the OK, okay corral. Today he he hands up Harry. I think he referred. <laughs> I don't to even him, want to talk about. Asked what that him is. how good of a skier is, he is, and he compared himself to Susie Chapstick. I'm anybody. <laughs> not a bell. So I think he said I'm no bell. Susie Chapstick or something like that, which uh, apparently is a reference. They're all the references are from like. Way back in the day. It's got to be a troll folder on his desktop <laughs> right full of references. You know what? What if it is? I bet it, it is. He looks dude. around. He sees all of our young faces. That's exactly. You know yeah. what? I'm going to throw these out left and right. And of course, you know, everybody laughs. Oh, Susie Chapstick. Totally get you, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're no I'm no Michaela Schifrin. I'm no Lindsay yeah. Vaughn. No, he didn't drop those. He didn't drop I'm just those no Susie Chapstick. <laughs> I, lo I love Malone. Especially Happy Malone. 
It's so fun. Like, honestly, we're, we're lucky we get to cover this dude because he really is, like, uh, fun, happy Malone when he's not, like, angry and pissed and short. Mm-hmm. Fun, happy Malone. And, look, he, he gets to be whichever version he wants. But today we got the happy one, and it was like, oh, man, this is great. Do you ever have that friend in high school who you feel like almost got, like, overcredited? For when they were a good time, because they were usually such a moody yeah. jerk. Oh, <laughs> and you yeah. have to tiptoe around. The one day they're in a good mood, everyone wants to hang out with Brandon now. You're like, dude, Brandon's kind of a dick. I like that he's talking about himself. Yeah. You know what's great about this? Is, <laughs> what's great about this is uh, there's this, a Pearl Jam song, Off He Goes. It's sort of about this exact topic. It's a great song. Pearl My Jam. Favorite. Cool or not cool? cool. It's man, cool. objectively cool. cool. Pearl Jam's cool. I'm yeah. telling you, they're objectively I'm cool. cool. I, know, I know that the youngins don't, you know, that it's dad music. We, we talked about this. That's dad rock, and I'm cool with it. I like it, but I'm just saying, I don't know. Like, if I put on a live and at there a party, he goes. Are people going to be like, rip it. Is this a good Eddie Vedder? Sure. That was a good Eddie Vedder. Yeah. The only Pearl Jam song I can really think of is that one on the Bill Simmons podcast right now. Really? That's so funny. <laughs> Like, That's so out. funny that he got that as his uh, his lead in. And now that picture me Pearl Jam. Yeah, that's <laughs> cool. We need to get Nathaniel Ratliff to sponsor our show or something. Also, Dad Rock, but also cool. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some more Dad Rock. Let's turn this into the Dad Rock pod. Do you like uh, Talking Heads? I'm a big no, Talking Heads. Are guy. you really? Yeah, huge. See, they're a little bit more. You get along um, with my dad, man. When I <laughs> my dad was a deadhead. Your dad no, seems pretty but chill. But a deadhead is different than. But he also loved Talking Heads. <laughs> Does he party? <laughs> yeah. He parties. Yeah. He's silently not. He gets it. <laughs> Talking Heads is a little more like street and dirty yeah, and like weird. Yeah, yeah, It's not super you know. rocky per se. Yeah. But it is. I remember going through my dad's old records and I found Talking Heads like right before I went to college. So that really almost passe, like, you know, getting into your parents' records and yeah. stuff at that age. Yeah. Talking Heads is good though. It's good. Must Be The Place is like a top five favorite song for me. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Top five. Songs are the one thing that you can't make a top five on, though. I know. I feel, because it just changes based on your mood and everything else. Like, you can, this is my favorite song, you play it when you're in a bad mood, you're like, turn it off! Yeah, it's true. I don't want that. Um, Guys, today is a special holiday. Nikola Jokic's birthday. 25 years ago. He has risen. (laughs) No longer a part of the young core, yes or no? Oh, yeah, so it's 25 no longer young. Man, that's a great question. You guys should know. How old are you? Is this an appropriate 26. question? Yeah. You're older than Jokic. How weird is that? <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Definitely. I'm older than Millsap. Yeah, that most. Does that ever evoke like a <laughs> existential crisis? So old, yeah. When they're calling Millsap like the grandpa who needed a dad walker for his, <laughs> for his birthday. And well, like, that brings me up. And Millsap returned the favor today, per the reporting of Katie Wingy. Some Gerber baby food. Which... Is such a classic Millsap joke. The fact that he was so specific, Gerber. I know, Gerber. I, I love that it's a fairly good joke, but when he delivered the punchline, it wasn't funny. Like, classic <laughs> Millsap. I got him some Gerber, baby. So, <laughs> thanks, Paul. Yeah. Oh, Millsap is so funny, man. I love that he's on this team. I hope he's I feel like 24 him. is probably the cutoff for young. 24 and under. Yeah. Those this are is Jokic's like the... fifth year in the league. Those are all the hip lists, right? Best players under 25. You know what's weird, actually? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that there's two lists. It's under 23 and under 25. So, And it just kind of depends on you know what you're trying to look for. Because I know a lot of people will shoehorn this into like what player they desperately want. And like, they want Giannis in. Like, okay, you have to be 25 by May or whatever. Oh, yeah. 
My favorite is when they're like, by the cutoff date, though, is May 3rd. Like, oh, <laughs> is that because LeBron's birthday is May 4th? You know, whatever. So, um, yeah. But I think 25 through 30, like, that's a window of your peak, right? I, uh, that's your prime. I, w- I would say Jokic has entered his prime, and it's a long prime. Your prime goes from, like, 25 to 32, so he would be at the early, the uh, the waning Sure. What am I trying to say here? The the waning uh, cycle of the uh, peak. So his real peak probably twenty seven to thirty, but then there's twenty five to twenty seven, which is like the early, and then thirty yeah. to thirty two is the old. So, oh man, happened so quick. Doesn't he seem a year older though? Here's a real take. Doesn't he? Doesn't he just seem like a twenty five year old who's ready to? I'm coming back for my fifth year. I know how to do this. I got to be the best player. I'm ready to go. Yes, I do. We've talked about. It. I do think there has been a, a maturing, maturation process with him this year. But I'll tell you what else. He was the opposite of Malone today. Mm, I not thrilled to be back. Not thrilled to be back, man. Well, at least not thrilled to be back in the scrum. I, right. Who knows about the. But you know, we talk about this, we joke about how Jokic kind of goes through those lulls in the beginning of the year, and you could tell it's like, man, vacation's over, and now I have to do all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, he didn't even get a vacation. He got one day. Dude, he yeah. looked to me, and I were, I'm not day. reading anything into this, but today he kind of looked like, ah, I'm back. really wish I could take like three more days off. Yeah. The vibe I got from him. Yeah, I agree, but I do think your earlier point was spot on. Like, that probably has far more to do with us than basketball. <laughs> really? We ask him such fun questions, and like, yeah, no, he doesn't care. He doesn't yeah. care at all. Uh, another thing with Jokic today, ESPN interview with him, he says that he has lost 20 to 25 pounds. Now, we shouldn't be surprised because he was big coming into the year, and he's really like the thinnest we've seen him in a long time right now. But something about 25 pounds is still shocking to me. It's a lot. He was up over 300 pounds at the start of the year. I mean... You think? I think. Based yeah. off what I... Based off what You're I understand like about what he weighs now and yeah. what, what he's saying on the 20 to 25, he was up over 300. Did you guys watch Curb? No. There, no? I used to. Oh, man, I had a I know. It's, I'm late to the party. There's a one. great episode this week about a, <laughs> he needs to get people's weight and he has a carnival guesser. Anyway, you were basically. <laughs> That's me. You're the Jokic guessing. carnival guesser right now. You're Look, like, I'm secretly what would you on, guess the, that on the Jokic weight beat. Yeah. You weigh. Uh, I told you a dozen times. It weirdly comes up a lot. You weigh. 245. That's a good guess. I'm about 235. So 230. Two, two what about me? What I, added, about me I added 10 to make fun of you. Uh, oh, um, you, you weigh 185. That's about right. He's, he's good. He's good. He's good. <laughs> now you no. just have to step on a scale in yeah. front of me. Then I'll know for sure. We get no carnival teddy bear. No, 25 pounds. It's funny, man. Like, so tw- it's 25 pounds, though, in November, December, January. Three and a half months? Dude, no, because it didn't start until December 5th or 6th or whatever it was so when two, that lost. Two plus months? 25 pounds? That's what I'm saying. Like, if this was a Jenny Craig ad, that would be he would be the poster child. It'd be yeah. like 25 pounds. Of t- do you guys know Jenny Craig? Is yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, that. Yes. We get that, that one. one. You that one, one yeah. Thanks that for checking, Dad. All right. <laughs> I don't know. 25. I don't know what it would be, else would it be. Uh, anyway, no, P, P30X? Is that what it's called? P3. No, P3, <laughs> that's the uh, training facility, the professional one. I'm talking about, there was a DVD you would get. Yeah, the oh, guy. yeah P30X. Well, I thought he was P90X. P90X. P90X, yeah. P90X. Did you guys ever do Insanity? That's the, the same thing, more or less. Yeah, my yeah. wife liked that one better. Oh, did she? Yeah. Is it hard? Very hard. Dude, I suck at those. Yeah. I can oh, imagine. Well, some of them, like, you have to, like, jump, and, like, I'm too tall. Like, You're a big dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hit my head on the ceiling. So. <laughs> um, How many pounds is Jokic going to lose by the end of the year? I, he can't lose anymore. 
I honestly don't know that he could. I, I know that's a crazy take. I don't think he can lose anymore. He can get mus- more muscular, but I don't think he can lose weight. I, I know there's like a notion out there. I don't know. If, did this come from him? Is this confirmed that he kind of prefers to play a little heavier? Yeah, he's talked about that. In the he past. has talked about that. So I don't yeah. think he would want to. He feels get... stronger when he's got a lot of weight. Can we play pop psychologist here? Please. I wonder if any level of that was sort of self excusing. Like, I don't, I think there is something to it. He uses his weight phenomenally. Like, he knows how to use it to his advantage. But look, he did lose the weight. And I don't think he lost the weight because someone told him. I think there's a little bit of like a realization he of, got okay, there. It was a little too you know hard. what? Yeah. yeah. And I'm telling you, I think that Anthony Davis matchup really opened his eyes. And maybe it's one of those things where it's like, I know that's the guy I have to go through. And for him, I need to be more all around or whatever. So. And it's not like he's any less dominant. Like, if you think about how he looked in the playoffs compared to right now, he was a beast in the post in the playoffs. He's a beast in the yeah. post right now. To, oh, for sure. To Maybe the same be, degree. He might even be more of a beast. Dare I even say a double beast this year? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. No, but you know, like, my point, Brendan, is you ever, like, you know, you study for a test and you get a B and you're kind of pissed or C and you're just kind of like, well, I didn't study that hard. Like, yes, yeah, you yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. yes, you did. This is a self for sure. I, no, I know exactly what you mean. I wonder if there was a little bit of that with his uh, his early weight. Anyway, um, he looks phenomenally I, phenomenal. I don't. I honestly don't know if he can lose any more weight. I would. Almost, and I don't think he wants. Yeah. I yeah, I would be concerned if he did. Right. That's how great he looks. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine us saying this on December fifth? Be like, two months from now, we're going to be talking about him losing too much and maybe needing to bulk up. I saw some speculation on Twitter today about a possible Photoshop and a clutch points edit because the tricep was popping. I maintain no Photoshop was done. The triceps are coming in. Jacked yoke is that on the That was the most way. hilarious edit. Do you guys know how, how awesome it would be to get a, a, like a truly jacked yoke? Oh, my God. If he just comes back next summer with like three abs and like – Oh, yeah. yeah. That's you're just like, oh, is that Plumlee over there? Oh, my God. It's no, it's Jokic. <laughs> you know what's funny is I can picture a ripped Jokic still 11 dunks per year. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think yeah. – <laughs> I don't think he waits why he's not dunking. Well, Will Jokic ever catch a lob in his career? Yes. yes. They will run some bullshit play for him to catch a lob one of these days. Yeah, I think so. Mm, that's an interesting one. But I could also imagine a jacked Jokic coming back and people still saying he needs to get in shape. <laughs> oh, for sure, yeah. A specific ESPN reporter or play-by-play person. Um, anything interesting from what he said today? I mean, he, talk, he didn't talk... He gave very short answers. I mean, he, was, he wasn't into it too much. But um, anything stand out from today's scrum with him? Um. I- he did say that when asked if he f- felt maybe more like he belonged there at All-Star Weekend this year, he said it was a little bit like he got there and he was a little nervous to practice with all the guys, the guys being the guys, right, the greatest players in the world. And then he got there and Chris Paul came over to him and dapped him up or something like that, and he quickly realized, oh, yeah, these are just guys. These are just people. Um, I don't know if that's interesting so much as it's just a fun quote because I do think through the TV we saw Jokic that embraced this weekend a little bit more. No doubt about that. He definitely seems – and we even thought that going in that he kind of was looking forward to it. And years yeah. past, it's like, oh. But I feel like he kind of looks forward to it. We could throw out that narrative about, oh, he slumps early on because he doesn't want to be in the All-Star game. I think he, I think he genuinely enjoyed it. And everybody, everybody I talked to said he was considerably more comfortable and yeah. just outspoken and uh, just way more just into everything this year than last year. Other than the game. 
I think a fun, you know, step like projecting would be at what point in his career does Jokic show up to All-Star Weekend, not just looking to get his one bucket, not just looking to get his one celebration in, but because he's there routinely as one of the nationally understood eight to nine best guys in the world. Where would he have been in that game if he was in in the fourth quarter? Like, what would his role have looked like? I mean, Embiid was posting up, so he'd have been guarding him, which would have been fun. But on the other end of the court, yeah. what's he doing? I think he would have been where he was when he hit that three at the end of the He's third. probably spacing the floor on, on the three-point arc. Wide open. I mean, the end of that game was weird, man. The end <laughs> of that game was so weird. You had an Embiid post-up. You had a LeBron 40-footer. You had just a bunch <laughs> of guys going ISO one-on-one. <laughs> I feel like Jokic would have been just chilling on the three-point arc waiting for the uh, kickout. Yeah, com- being completely forgotten about as guys go, okay, there's LeBron, there's Kawhi, there, and then Jokic is wide open. Mm-hmm. Do you think he'll ever be the guy? Or one of the guys, I should say. Maybe not the guy, but one of the guys that it's like, yo, we got to get to Jokic on this play. I mean, there no, was LeBron. I don't think so. There was Giannis. There was Kawhi. There, you could tell that Chris Paul, surprisingly, had kind of like stepped into the role. There was five or six guys that it's like, those are the guys. I don't think so. Really? No. I do. Will he be used and viewed that way by his peers, his coach, his peers, right? Amongst and I, and I think yes. I don't think it'll be like for ten years like LeBron, or fifteen right, years like right. LeBron. But for two, but I do think there'll be a few years where it's like, yo, it's Jokic's world right now. I mean, like if we're being honest, it went like five possessions before someone could score a point. And they're playing one fifty seven, and you're like, yeah. well, the most clutch player in the regular season's on the bench. You know, yeah. well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it could be his world, yeah. but I don't think that's going to translate into an All Star game right. when you've got. You know, just the guys. LeBron, Harden, Kawhi, Paul George. Yeah, the Jokic thing gets pushed back down to cute. You know, not like... Westbrook. Yeah. Another thing about that came out of the scrum today, he was asked about, like, if he feels like the team can reach a peak or whatever. Mm. He said, I hope not. And part of this is just semantics. But he was, you know, I hope we always have something better to be. Basically, that was the gist of it. It's like, I hope we always have, we're always just climbing, always getting better. And I kind of like that attitude and mentality not we read into these quotes sometimes too much but i thought that was a good one i thought he did a good job on that i think it falls into a background of Jokic quotes that paint a picture of a guy who is not very consequentialist he's he's more concerned with the process right and the idea of hey how do we get better and how do we turn tomorrow regardless of what happened here tonight and continue that process oh for sure for sure and and this is the first time i'm hearing it because i was not in that scrum earlier but this this is classic Jokic. You know, he never takes a loss too tough. Yeah. Never gets too high after a win. That was a great point. He always does see the long view. He was not panicking, you know, at, at any point over the last couple of years if the Nuggets had dropped a couple of games in a row. I feel like it's, it's his classic take on the season. He knows it's long. He knows there are going to be ups and downs. And I think he's spot on to say, I hope we haven't, you know, we won't reach our peak in, in the regular season. It- it almost is like a Mamba mentality thing, right? Maybe not right down the middle of that brand, but it is an element of like, once you've looked for your peak, you've almost lost in a sense, right? Like we're, we're, oh, we're right, trying to yeah. get better every day. There's, there is no best. There is no you're there. You've reached it. Uh, there's only one team that's ever reached a peak. That was the 2014 Spurs. I genuinely mm. believe that that team reached like peaked their... out, yeah. They, like, that was the best they could have possibly been. Yeah. Yeah. It was really impressive. They were yeah. peaking. Yeah. You... Basketball. Team basketball. Well, I meant to tell you, this is a good segue into our discussion on the Colorado core, but I was listening to your guys' show yesterday, and I really enjoyed how much... You, how deliberate you were at trying to say hop peak well i've got it because people come, legit come after me <laughs> but he would like he would be talking at this pace and then he would stop and say hop peak 
Somebody will literally <laughs> knock at my door if I don't enunciate the hot peak IPA. The, wit, the, the hot pink IPA? It's so funny. It's very funny. All right, well, today's Colorado course. So tell us about it, Harrison. Um, it's an amazing beer. Oh, actually, you, you should know check what? it actually, out on the breakfast. Time out, time out. Time out, time out, time out, time out. I have a challenge, and you have to do this. Technically, I'm your boss. <laughs> you have to do this. I want you to do this ad in your best Michael Malone impression. <laughs> this is Michael Malone endorsing the Colorado Court. I wish Go you guys could see how over the bullying Harrison <laughs> through his, his read bit he is. <laughs> well, I... <laughs> Uh, on uh, Friday, I went to watch my daughter play volleyball. <laughs> this is your impression. <laughs> and then Saturday, went up to Breckenridge. Breckenridge, all right. Got some good skiing in. Okay. Do you think Michael Malone had a, a Colorado core? Excuse me. Mr. That's what I'm getting <laughs> at. <laughs> Mr. Malone, what did you drink while you were in Breckenridge? Well, I had a couple Colorado cores. Um... You know, I avoided the Vanilla Porter Jr. <laughs> wow. Oh my god. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> Just not ready for it, are yeah, you? Yeah, let's check out the car on for Breckenridge. Uh, Michael Owen wasn't the only coach up in Breckenridge, actually, I learned. Wes Unsell Jr. also went to Breckenridge. Do you think they were together at all? <laughs> they were not together. Can you imagine, like, there. what a bummer if you're on the mountain away from everything and, like, Wes Unsell's like, oh my god. Michael Malone skis right up to him, like, you can't be Wes, kidding me. You're fucking kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check out the car on a core. <laughs> that was a great that job. Well done, Harrison. That was yeah. a great read. We have one more. Yeah, also check out Strava Craft Coffee. No way that I would rather start my day than a hot cup of Strava I'm Craft almost coffee. out. We need, we need you, to work a deal where Strava gives us a, a like non-lifetime supply. You're almost out because I go to the office every day and I take as much as I possibly can. <laughs> it's it's Wait, so we life. actually have this deal? I just didn't No, know yeah, that. they give us a bunch of coffee. I, I'm serious. I show up twice a week what? and I take half of it home with me. I gotta start learning this. Yeah, man. Uh, you guys could get 20% off, I don't know if you knew, using code DNVR20 online. Yeah. Check it out. They're really good. Great way to start your day. <laughs> Great job, Harrison. I might make this a recurring bit. Reading the alliances, everybody. Um, just a couple other things. Oh, so Malone, is there anything we can take from Malone Scrum today? We should probably just talk about who's healthy yeah. coming out of the break Oh, here. that's a great one. That's a great one, yeah. So the three guys who were hurt before the break, Will Barton, Michael Porter Jr., Mason Plumley, all seem like they're going to be back for Friday against Oklahoma City. Maybe Barton isn't. He's the one that they're being most cautious with. I was very surprised by that. I've been telling everybody that Plumley was the guy that was probably going to be the, the latest. But with Barton, and again, he's stressed, and I believe him. It wasn't like that, like, an, you know, they're being very cautious with him and I think it's smart I think as Malone said on day one media day he said this is a 110 game season not an 82 and I think that's exactly what the plan is here with Barton and Denver's depth they've got guys that can take his spot and only take a little bit of a dip not much but it was surprising because I didn't think Barton was actually injured I thought he was just tired load management yeah and he did say when, when asked he reiterated there wasn't necessarily a catalyst a moment where Barton got injured Maybe just some wear and tear from what's been a we, – we've hit it on this pod on an almost overlooked workload for Will Barton. A and really Barton, big, Barton's 29. It's right. not like he's 23. He's 29. 
So, I mean, this stuff pops up for a lot of guys once they get out of uh, the under-25 uh, category. There's yeah. also the element of Barton went through his first major injury of his career last season, and, and there was a mental element to it as well. They needed him to come back maybe perhaps a little too early. And so now you got Barton back. He's in a good place mentally. Why mess with that, right? Take your time to let him get back mentally and physically so we don't get ourselves anywhere near that situation mm-hmm. again. Yeah. Uh, it it kind of sucks because I'm really curious to see this team at full strength and even if it's only like two or three games. The nice thing about the Nuggets schedule is I think they play Friday, Sunday, Tuesday, and then Friday again. So there's no back-to-backs and, a, and even two days off you know, before that fourth game. So um, hopefully he's only down a game or two. Uh, and, and the other thing is Malone said that you know, you've got two options coming out of the All-Star break when you're a head coach. You can say, all right, I'm going to establish my playoff rotation right now, eight, maybe nine guys, and then push that into the playoffs. Or you can really rely on your depth and make sure guys have as much energy as possible or as he- or as healthy as possible heading into the postseason, and that's what he's that's what he's going to do. So I'd expect Denver to go pretty deep into their bench here at least over the next couple of weeks. Hmm. Plumley being healthy was a surprise because again he was the one I thought would be a little bit late, and then Michael Porter. You know, he did mention that Michael didn't go through all drills, like all contact, but he did go through some contact and some five-on-five scrimmaging. So it sounds like he'll almost certainly play on Friday, but it's at least noteworthy that they're also being a little slow with him. And I don't think that's surprising. Right. Porter's, I mean, we've talked about this on the pod all year. It's always going to be in the back of your mind with Porter. Any injury. You know, it's all connected. Back legs it's it's like all connected so they're always going to be cautious with him i'm curious though i mean here's maybe i'm just being too paranoid certainly i am but you know you are curious about like oh we're going to start him out on a minutes restriction 10 minutes a game mm-hmm. and then like how much do you just settle into well this is working we're now we're two and oh like we're, why don't don't mess with the program I and mean, i don't know well i guess we'll cross that bridge when it when it happens but um denver um Maybe not as early as Friday getting everybody back, but certainly soon. So, and those some some interesting questions that follow, right? If if Mason Plumley is healthy, uh, like you just brought up, Harrison, it sounds like he's not necessarily eager to establish his playoff rotation right out the door. So, um, probably safe to say we can expect at least some of four bigs in the rotation down the stretch here. Yeah, well, Millsap was coming off the bench before the break, and. Malone also said today that, you know, once he gets that minute restriction lifted that he was playing with, he'll move back into the starting lineup. So no surprise there. And yeah, that does get us to the question, okay, what's the bench going to look like? Because the bench had been playing so well with that three big look with either Grant or Millsap as that small ball five. If everybody's healthy, are they going to go back to Plumlee Grant? Are they going to try to go with three bigs? Or are they going to try to mix Millsap in with that bench unit? That, to me, is you know a, a big storyline over the next couple of weeks. Jamal Murray also talked to the media today. And Jamal Murray's never that – not. I shouldn't say never. He's rarely that interesting of a quote, I feel. Um, and today he was pretty short. Is there anything you took away from him? I wasn't there for that one either. So. Uh, <laughs> I literally couldn't hear him. <laughs> he didn't say much. He didn't say much. Um, but before the break, though, he did say how he was looking forward to the All-Star break to – get his body right, and yeah. then also work out and train with his brother, which is something he always talks about. Right before you know, they go on summer break, right before the All-Star break every year, he's like, yeah, I can't wait to train with my brother. 
his yeah. younger brother. I've always just thought that's super interesting. Huh. I will say he was in a great mood. He was upbeat. Um, and one the one thing to me that kind of stood out was he was asked about. Well, he he said he didn't watch. Um, he he didn't see the Jokic video. He was asked about the Jokic video where he's coaching that went viral and has over a million views. He did not know of it, according mm-hmm. to him. Um, and then also he uh, was asked about making the All Star game this you know next year and he had an interesting quote he said yeah you know I didn't deserve it this year I didn't have a great start to the season and I just for me I, I don't know why I like those I like those quotes you know I mean there's a lot of times players are defensive and we know who was it Jackson Hayes that didn't get to the rookie sophomore game and like went on Twitter and did his like it just embarrassed himself I kind of like that Murray just kind of owned up to it and it was like it was more of a motivator than it was like a, oh I'm not I'm getting overlooked I mean, he sets the bar high for himself. He does. And that's one thing about, I know we're, we're wary of like a bias developing, right? Or, or hammering Jamal too hard because of the, he's the second best player on a title contender. But again, like Jamal thinks of himself as he should as an uber talented, one of the best players in the world whose goal is to be the best of the best. So if that's, you know, how he's viewing himself, a really good sign for him to look at that and say, hey, objectively, categorically, I've come up short of that bar. Yeah, yeah I liked it too. Um, all in all, it was uh, it was fun to be back and seeing everybody. It was good to see Bull Bull in the gym. <laughs> been a while since I feel like I've like seen him around the guys. Do you think Bull Bull's ever mi- like just throwing crumpled up paper into a trash can? <laughs> has he ever missed once in no, his life? No, no. The guy's touch is amazing. It's unbelievable. Yeah, he's just yeah. one of those guys. He just every time he puts it up, I'm like, that's it. I really want Bull Bull to be good. We'll wait till next year to find out. Um, let's go to our final break, Harrison. Then we get back. We're gonna BS. Have some fun. So the Green Solution, they've got 18 car locations. That's a ton of freaking locations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, If you download their app right now and use code DNVR20, you guys can get 20% off your entire purchase. Great deal. Have you used that deal? I have. Yeah? 20% off your entire purchase? Think about that. Those purchases add up quick. Do you think there's a ton of weed between 18? You said that's a ton of stores. Do you think there's a a ton between 18 locations? Like literally? A literal ton? I don't know, Adam. I don't know either. That'd take a lot of math. I feel like it would be a lot. Maybe. Maybe we're way off. This is like guess the M&Ms and you could be off by like a thousand. But I bet no other... I think there's 70. I'm sorry. There's there's no way any other uh, (laughs) weed store in Denver has 18 locations. Or in Colorado. (laughs) Dispensary? (laughs) Weed dispensary. I like weed store better. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, download their app. Use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Guys, I want to talk about the Ringer today put out a one of those graphics, the table. I don't know. How how do memes begin? Like, there, there's this picture of a cafeteria. And, and that's all knows. it is. Yeah. And everyone knows this is a new meme. Yeah. Right? It's so wild to me. Uh, anyway, there's a meme, there's a cafeteria, and everybody, you know, you can pick a table. The Nuggets got placed with Nuggets Twitter. Wizards Twitter and Pistons Twitter. Yeah, I love the Nuggets, but I would not want to sit at this table. You know what that table is? That's the, ah, shit, we forgot about yes! these three teams. <laughs> I was going to say, that was the whole point of bringing this thing up, because I was like, why are we with the Pistons and Wizards? I don't think I've ever interacted with a Pistons or Wizards fan. Don't really even know what that Twitter is like. Probably, it's probably not a great place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're probably 100% right. A lot that of weird memes. forgotten Twitter. Um, I don't have anything else to say. About I have a question videos. for you guys. Which fan bases would you want to sit with in the cafeteria? Whichever one is furthest away from the Lakers. Um, <laughs> I want to sit with Bucks fans because in my head I have placed Milwaukee and Denver in a similar place in the league. I want to sit with Grizzlies fans because they seem like 
Denver two years ago. Oh, I, agree. I like that. I agree. There's some cool Denver. And then we, I cool like Grizz. the Grizzlies, and we've had some good battles. Yeah. Um, New Orleans, we can be with our buddy Christian. Mm. Yeah, yep, for sure. <laughs> um, what else is there? What are the other good Twitter? Minnesota, I feel like there's some people I like. Yo, if you're hearing this, comment on the Twitter post of this podcast. Tell us what your favorite fan bases are. Sacramento, with. I think, is actually pretty good. I like Sacramento. There's some funny Sacramento. I, you know what it is? Loser fan bases have good good Twitters. You like, have, what else you do you have? You have to have like a good yeah. thick skin. You have to have a good personality. And you have to be a real one. Otherwise, you're going to lose. Um, there's some really bad. I think... Their most fan bases are the same, other than the bad ones. The Lakers, obviously, the Jazz, the Rockets. There's just like a few that are worse than the rest. I the think. Blazers. <laughs> the Blazers are pretty ridiculous. Um, lastly, on the docket today, guys, Coach Bayline, step down. Is it Beeline or Bayline? Beeline or Beeline? Beeline. Beeline Co. Beeline. <laughs> well done. Thank That's you. a great pun. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but I find this story kind of funny. Funny. I find it kind of sad. Well, sad. But I find it funny in this one way. I really dislike Dan Gilbert. And I remember when LeBron went to Miami, he guaranteed that they would win a championship before he would have then just like completely screwed everything up. And then in LeBron came sense, back yeah. and won one for them. Yeah. And then I think the split, you know, when LeBron left, I think there was a little Dan Gilbert of like, okay, now the pressure's off. I'm going to show them. There's is there a worse organization outside of the the Knicks maybe right now than that that I mean the Cavs if you're looking at that team somebody put this on the other day Colin Sexton has been in the league for a year and a half he's on his fourth, fourth. coach and will be fifth once they hire a full time person um, I mean th- LeBron's this... been gone for a year and yeah. a half they're on their fifth fourth or fifth coach look I never thought Beeline was going to be any good. Taking a coach from a college is just not a good idea. Just Especially don't do an it. Especially old one. Like a Brad Stevens that's young and hasn't been yeah. in the institution of like... There are so many other amazing places to pluck coaches from. Yeah, and then he choose the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah. So and he did have... A, he was like a college coach's coach. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. What was the, the story that came out where he like named his plays after animals? Yeah, like polar bear, bear eagle. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, yeah, dude, I'm an adult. Oh, you yeah, know? man. There's no Kevin way. Kevin was like, I want a championship. I'm not going to say polar bear on the yeah. on the court. But the uh, the other thing is like this is obviously a symptom of a bigger issue, like you were saying. Like this is the, this is the Cavs. This is Cleveland. This is kind of what's been going on for the last couple of years. And, um, I mean, I know if you're a prospective head coach and, and there's a couple on this Nugget staff who could draw interest and who have drawn interest before, it's one of 30 jobs. But, right. I mean, man, it feels like a death sentence at the same time. I think Joe Varden of The Athletic, who – is he still on the Cavs beat? Not well, on the beat anymore, he's, right? He's just now. Around, but yeah. he, he was in Cleveland for a long time, and he said um, he doesn't think uh, – doesn't think Beeline ever wanted the job. I ever really enjoyed that job. Ever loved it. And I just find that interesting. I mean, you didn't enjoy it because it's tough to coach in the NBA. Like, look, man, I have some real takes about this. And I really genuinely believe this about, like, college and, like, the college coach and this, this idea of, like, the disciplinarian who gets no – there's no checks and balance. They just get to scream at kids who make no money and they get paid millions of dollars to do so. And, like, I just – so for me, like, oh, he didn't enjoy it? He didn't enjoy – have to actually persuade and lead people that – being in the NBA, one of the most impressive things, I think, even about, like, a Michael Malone. You look at it and say, like, man, these dudes all make more money. They're not all, actually. But most of them make more money than he does. They're more famous. They have all the power because if any moment they want to say, fire this dude or I'm out of here, then he gets fired. And somehow there's no nonsense in this locker room. And I think Beeline got – yeah, 
Beeline, it's no surprise that he went in there and failed. But here's the other thing. He also is like the old school traditional guy, and he's quitting very mm. quickly into it. I just find there's something to me, and this is when I say funny. You're right. It's a sad funny. It's a right, dark right. humor, but um, <laughs> what's the line in Joker? I used to think it was a tragedy. Now I realize it's a comedy. That mm. that type of comedy mm. where mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, yeah, this dude came in here, and he's qu- literally quitting on his team one year into five-year contract or four-year contract. Like, my goodness, man. <sighs> Yeah, it's a bad look for him. I would think he's going back to college, but apparently he's getting reassigned to another place in the organization. organization. I thought I saw Woj tweet that up. I feel like that is a... um, It's such a Knicks move, first of all. And also, like, I wonder if there's, like... uh, You know, this has to be an agreement. And I wonder if there's, like, well, I'm not quitting. Well, what if we make you chief of, I don't know, head of scouting? Well, what do I have to do? Nothing. But that's your role. Head of insight and foresight. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Is that the is That's that the department in the Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City? I think it's the old uh, Magic GM, Rob Hennigan, Director of Insight and Foresight. Insight and Foresight. What is uh, Lee Jenkins' title? Doesn't he have a great yeah. one? Yeah, yeah, it's like narrative development or something uh, like yeah. that. Yeah. Player narrative. That's so yeah. great. But I no, I think, your, uh, I think Good your comparison Lee. between Denver and Cleveland is interesting because they're both young locker rooms. Right. These guys can't like. It's not like you have a bunch of locker room cancers in Cleveland. Right. You got a veteran in Kevin Love. They've got some veterans here in Denver, but just, just how both situations were managed is just interesting. Well, allegedly Drummond said something about like I'm not staying here if he's here, and he'd only been there for two weeks. Like he just oh, arrived. Yeah. He was like, look, guys. Well, I'm also, sure it was like Colin Sexton. How's this coach? Yeah, dude. Trust me. Oh, <laughs> what what were, am I getting myself into? So they were playing. Uh, they were playing songs with the word "thug" in it every time he would come around. They would bump it up. Oh, there's another detail actually about today. Do you guys notice this? The music. Music no, I did not blaring this. today in the practice facility. Why is that noteworthy? Because it's never. They're never playing music. I think. Um, uh, are you sure about that? I think that? they just usually remember they're almost to shut never it playing off music. They're right. almost never playing music. I mean, sometimes they'll play it, but most of the time in that practice room, they're not playing. Or yeah, in the locker room. Remember when the Lakers were in town and we were in the cafeteria and you could hear the music from yeah. the Lakers <laughs> down yeah. the hall. Um, I think it's a very common thing, and I always go back to Richard Jefferson. He talked about this when he was here. He's like, nobody talks. It's the most boring locker room. The guys, there's no music or whatever. Yeah. And there was just a trade. You get Jordan McRae, you get Noah Vonley, you get Kata Bates-Diop. I wonder if one of – or many of the new guys came in and are like, yo, what are you guys doing? You don't play music? Well, it's funny because in the locker room last year, they started playing music, I'm pretty sure, because of IT. Mm. Post-game. It is funny, Jordan though. McRae is probably the, the DJ out of that group, I would say. I would get yeah, It is know. funny, though. I mean, there have been, you mentioned LA. Houston comes into Denver and just makes themselves at home. Oh, they're dude. All, they're blaring music. They're stretching in the hall. Houston has so much Houston energy. Yeah, they they cannot, they they cannot, the oh, but they bring all kinds of equipment. They're, like, measuring people's fingernails. Like, they're doing all this stupid, like... <laughs> Biometric stuff in the like, Excuse us, uh, Tyson's warming up. I'm like, yeah, I'm in the press lounge. <laughs> yeah, like, what am I supposed to? Yeah. Sorry. Hey, uh, they are like that. You're Tyson, right. you're, uh, <laughs> your body fat is 0.1% off <laughs> what it was yesterday. <laughs> but I wonder. I, they Denver, do have so many but You never see Denver do that, man. You never, like, Even on the road in my few trips, I never see Denver really like that cocky feeling ourselves energy. You know what I mean? They do have and I, I wonder if there's something to that, if it helps. If you there. need a guy that's like, yo, no. 
Because I felt like that's what the Lakers were doing. Because when they turned that music up, it, wasn't it after the game? Yes, yep. It was after the game, and they had just won in Denver in for Denver. the first time. And I remember it feeling to me a little bit of a, like, this is our house now. Yeah. Mm. Like, we turned the music up to 11. That's what I'm saying. We took the remote to the TV. And so, yeah, there is. it, it does feel like maybe we're just reading into it, but it certainly felt a little bit like some swagger. So, mm. I don't know. The Nuggets lacked that type of – so they have a different type of swagger, but they lack – and today they had the music. Should we uh, hit some questions before we get out of here? We should. Let's wrap it up with those. All right. So re- reminder, guys, we want your questions. We need your questions. The Broncos crew gets like 50, 60 questions a podcast. So I don't want 50, but I want 10. We're trying to get up near seems nice. that level. We're trying to get into double digits. So In the offseason, I want 50. Yeah. Members, hit up the DNVR.com. Comment on this podcast on the site, and we'll read the questions on our next show. Troy... 5266 asks, what would Jokic look like in a triangle offense? First of all, yeah, so triangle, you need to have a good passing big. But here's the thing. The triangle offense just doesn't work anymore because it requires four players inside the three-point arc most of the time. So And it's just boring. Nobody wants to watch that. Yeah, but, you know, the triangle, there is a lot of cutting. There's a lot of opportunity mm-hmm. for um, for the bigs to make passes, especially backdoor cuts and reads. So there's a lot of posting up. So I think he would look good in it. Relative to the time frame, you know, back in the day. Yeah. But he definitely has more creative input now, would you say? Or in the, the well, peak version of what this offense should so be. So the, the, the idea behind the triangle is that it should be a free-flowing offense. There's a, it, it's, there's a structure to it. There's a floor balance element to it. But you can always go to a bunch of different reads, and each read rolls into any other read, so you can constantly be moving. So in that what sense, I do think he would pick it up very quickly, and he could run it, and, and there would be something to it. But the one thing it doesn't generate is three-point shots. Like You have to have an offense that can generate threes, and it just doesn't. Well, the Nuggets can't hit three-point shots. So, so it'd be great. Yeah, try it out. <laughs> hey, you know what? Let's do it. Try the offense. WP Nugs asks, what are the greatest factors you see that will lead to our success for the rest of the season? And what would our rotation look like with Gary Harris benched? Is that even a possibility? Or would he just move to the bench unit? I feel like we talked about the Gary Harris part of this a little bit um, over the last few. I mean, I don't see it happening until the playoffs unless he was absolutely abysmal because there is a scenario where he's just so bad and it's like, guys, we're better with Barton starting at shooting guard and Craig coming off the bench. And Not to be out. a jerk, but I mean, how, like, one for 12 instead of three for 12? No, I mean, it's more about the Nuggets. Uh, I th- you know what I mean? Like, the yeah, Nuggets yeah. can still win with him and, he, and so you can talk, but if... Denver went on like a, you know, they lost six of ten, seven of ten, or something like that. And it's like, yo, we need to figure something out. Right. He's the guy. Mm-hmm. He's the fall guy. He's such a good defender, too. It would be tough to pull him entirely. I don't think, I honestly, that part I don't think. It would, it, it, it's tough if Denver's still winning because it's always hard to be like, oh, we're on pace for 54 wins, but if we changed it, we could have been on pace for 58. Like, that's just a tough sell. But if you lose and you go from the two seed to the five seed and you're like, we got to do something. That I that's what I could see or playoffs where again if you're down you're down one zero or down two yeah, to one that seems like a playoff and that's decision. obviously Barton two MPJ so, three right would I be think the, I think it would be Barton yeah that's well, what I would I don't think necessarily no <laughs> you got Tory Craig <laughs> to me yeah, it should yeah. I should say ideally ideally yeah. yeah I don't know but I I think I think there's a real chance Barton and MPJ would be it and then Tory Craig's your backup two and then you're just playing eight or nine guys. Mm-hmm. 
Corbin Green Wait, writes in. What was the in, other question? What does it take to get in? To no, get best? What, what are the factors? You're yeah, seeing? just what needs to happen to uh, Murray needs have to, success. Murray's shot needs to be up there. He needs to be taking the threes. Yogic needs to be the guy we've seen all year, which I expect we'll get. And I think, my opinion, I think Porter needs to be playing a lot, and he needs to be playing like he did at his best, which mm-hmm. which you should accept. I can't imagine that MPJ has peaked as a player <laughs> like oh, God, in January. No. I think we God, can no. get that. Version. Also, they'll need Barton. They'll they'll need Barton, especially in the playoffs. I feel like just to knock down open shots. Yeah, he'll need to shoot. So yeah, uh, Corbin Green. What's the best food at Pepsi Center? I'll admit I don't eat the food at Pepsi Center other than the media stuff. So grilled I'm not chicken sure. wrap. But I know they remodeled the they like redid the food stuff. So I don't know. That's I don't a, know either. I also don't eat the food. Uh, yeah, it's like it's pricey. When you're going to a game, you're like, yeah, I'll spend twenty bucks on a burger. But when you're there every game for like us, my feeling like if you can find like a like a chicken wrap or a burger, that's probably the move. Ranchman chimes in. Ranchman! Ranch What's up, Evan? There's been quite a bit of discussion on what lineups might be in the final third of the season and in the playoffs. My question is not how those lineups might impact the postseason, but how they will impact the offseason. You guys know as much about the front office as anyone not named Woj. How do you think the conversations unfold between Tim Conley and Mike Malone about lineups, particularly in light of the fact that Tim Conley requires empirical evidence of how the team may operate next season with lineups we haven't seen very much of if he is to have the necessary data points for making roster construction decisions in the offseason? I suspect these conversations are not as executive-driven as strategic decisions a corporate CEO must make but at a certain point, does a coach's game time discretion have to meld with the general manager's longer term horizon? After all, in the end, only one of them is the boss. Man, that is a good question. Wow. It's fascinating. So as far as the alignment, I think a lot of it would have to do with who the individuals are, obviously. Like who kind of have, has seniority in the league. But also like when contracts are expiring and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, for example, if I'm alone and I was just recently extended in a hypothetical situation... I'm probably less likely to respond to pressure from up top to play a certain guy because, look, man, unless we lose a lot of games, I'm not getting fired, right? Um, yeah. But I I don't know. I, I will say this. I've had conversations uh, with the front office that they don't – I don't think they like to apply pressure, whether they feel a certain type of way that's different from Malone. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think Tim or anyone ever comes down and says, hey, Mike, here's how you do it. Here's how you have to do it. That's definitely a last resort type thing. Yeah. And it's also like, again, there's something about when you're on an upward trajectory that's like, let's not... You can always think things can be better. Right. You win 73 games like the Warriors did, and you can be like, man, we, we could have won 75 if we'd have made this tweak or whatever. Like, you can always think that. If Denver ever slumps and goes backwards, and it's like, man, they're just not the team they used to be, and it's not just a weeks-long slump or two-week or whatever, then I can imagine it's like, hey, man this is what we think is happening and you need to do it. And maybe there's, but I just don't think Denver operates that way at all. I think they occasionally have conversations that say, Hey, what do you think about this or that? And I think Malone's receptive to him, but I think at the end of the day, Malone is the decision maker and they respect that for now. They acquire the players. Malone determines who plays, who doesn't. And this is, this is interesting because didn't this situation kind of apply to Malik Beasley looking back at last summer? Beasley coming off the year he did, you know, I oh, sure. maybe Denver thinks about trading him last summer. They think, all right, is this guy going to play next year? Is he not going to play next year? And then 12 games into the season, Malik Beasley is out of the rotation and his trade value goes down. Yeah. I, 
Certainly, I think they are. They don't see eye to eye a hundred percent. I mean, I just right. because of things like you just said, they probably would have traded Beasley if they thought he was going to be out of the rotation by game two. Um, but you know, the flip side of that is, I just think that they stay in their spaces for now, and that probably goes the other way as well. I think Michael Malone, you know, he has input. He's he's mentioned in in draft decisions and things like that. But at the end of the day, if he really loves a player, but Tim Conley doesn't, he's like Tim Conley. That's your call. And I, I do think there's a, a pretty healthy stay-in-your-lane culture. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Is that it? That's it. Thanks so much for those questions, guys. We always like them. Keep them coming. Tomorrow we're going to – it's our last episode tomorrow before the return of the games. And then from then it's going to get crazy. Of course, I want to remind you, so tomorrow's show we'll be recording. Then Friday show live – or I guess that is Friday show. Then Saturday we'll be doing a live post game for Friday's game at Oklahoma City. I know it's a Friday night, but – It's early though. This is the first national TV game I can remember in so long that's the early game. It's a 6 p.m. start. Well, look forward to that. Wow, that is beautiful. Isn't that awesome? Oh, that's wonderful. I, I forgot that could even happen. I just made your day. We yeah. might get home by midnight. This is great, guys. <laughs> How awesome. This is so cool. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I want to say, if you have not, leave us a five-star rating or review. we got to get this up to a five-star pod. I think it's a five-star pod. I'd like to think so. I'm a little I'd biased. Like to think. I'm a little biased, too, but I think it's a five-star pod. What do you think? Is it a five-star pod? This is a six-star pod. Wow. A six-star pod. Wow, I'm with you on that one. Um, so leave us a rating and review. Say some nice things about us if you don't mind, and it'll help us um, get that up to the five-star rating that we feel we are owed. We are not like Jamal Murray. Humble. Oh, no, we should be better. We deserve this. We're like Jackson Hayes. (laughs) (laughs) They kiss me. iTunes can suck. (laughs) No, that's what he said. That's right. It's even worse. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you all tomorrow. Question for you guys. Where do you fall on the post-dinner coffee? For it. Adam? Uh, That was so predictable. (laughs) That was so predictable. Get up all night. I'm for it as well, but I've never tried it with a Strava Craft coffee. I kind of want it. You you have? Is, is it hit the spot? I'm not really recording, so yeah, no, it always hits the spot. Strava Craft's the best coffee. You guys, purchase Strava Craft coffee online. You can get 20% off your purchase using code DNVR20. You can try this at Carbon Cafe and Bar Drip Denver, Slow High Coffee, Blue Sparrow Coffee, and Max Market. Pretty cool. Remember, purchase online for 20% off using code DNVR20.